A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Today we have stories of multiple entitled parents demanding thousands of dollars. We'll get into that in a bit, and first, we have entitled mother and son demand $12,000 from my dad. I'll begin by saying that I, 25-year-old male, come from a very well-known West African country, and I come from one of the three major ethnic groups in my country. My country has a lot of oil, and my father, 64-year-old male, is an engineer and worked for a very big oil company here before he retired a few years ago. He's the second of three children. Due to his job, salary, and position within the company, he became the entire family's breadwinner. His older brother had seven children with his wife, and his younger brother had two children with his late wife, and my father trained each and every one of them. He sent them all to school through their nursery to primary and secondary schools, and when they all graduated from high school, he gave each of them the option of either going to a higher institution or helping them start up a business of their own. Every Christmas, we would travel to the village and he'd buy multiple 50-kilogram bags of rice, bags of beans, tons of groceries, specially dried fishes and so much more, and he'd distribute this to the entire family, aunts, uncles, etc. He catered for his siblings, cousins, old friends in the village, as well as their respective families, so much. And it sometimes offended my mother because while he took excellent care of us, and she was never against him helping his siblings out, she felt he was making them overly dependent on him. He opened a thriving business for his older brother's wife and stocked up her business with all the necessary wares and he did the same for his younger brother. And yet whenever they had a problem, they'd choose to call him instead of solving even the most basic problem by themselves. This is all preamble to show you that he really cared for his family. This involves my father's elder brother's wife, we'll call Rita, and her eldest son, we'll call Chris. Rita is a woman in her 50s and Chris is in his mid-30s. When Chris was born, his mother despised him because given our tradition and culture, she felt like his pregnancy forced her into a marriage she did not want, so she took out her frustration on him. When he was 11, my mother was a newlywed and on one of her trips accompanying my dad to the village, she saw how Rita physically abused her own son, which is pretty common here under the guise of discipline. And out of fear for his safety, my parents asked his father to let him take Chris back with him to the city so they could, in a sense, foster him as their own to remove him from that abusive environment. I was barely a year old at this point. Chris lived with us for roughly 18 years. He got a good education, and when it was time to go to the university, he had a lot of problems gaining an admission. In my country, all the universities, both state and federal, are under an organization, and everyone takes an annual national exam based on your intended course of study, and those who do the best are admitted into their institution of choice. He had taken this exam for about six years, and each time he'd fallen short and hadn't received an admission. So my dad gave him the option to continue trying, or to put it on hold and learn a good trade for about a year, and after that, he'd open a business for him and maybe he could try getting into the university later on if he still wanted. He chose the latter option and he was sent off to another city to stay with a family friend who taught him all he needed to know about the given business for free and after a year he returned back home my father gave him what is equivalent to twelve thousand dollars to begin a business over here twelve thousand dollars is a very very big chunk of money 
especially with the low cost of living here compared to our western counterparts, and also especially how lax our tax laws are here. My dad offered him a check for that amount, and he refused it saying how small the money was. My dad had already found a really good space for him to run his business, and had already paid and rented it out for two years for him, as well as paying his water and electric bills. The $12,000 was an initial capital for him to stock up on his wares, without having to worry about rent or any critical expenses for two years at least. All he had to do was simply make sales, and bring in profit so that after two years, he could afford to take on the expenses on his own because he probably would have saved quite a bit of money in that time and even if he did have difficulties, knowing my dad, he would have jumped in to help. However, Chris rejected the money, saying how small it was, and he was expecting at least $17,000. That although the space my dad had rented for him was in a prime location, that it was too small for him, and that he'd found a much bigger space a few blocks away, and he expected my dad to pay for that as well. He said he had big ideas and didn't want my dad to repress his ideas, so he needed the appropriate support. My mother just about lost her head hearing this, and chastised him about how ungrateful he was being. She asked him how many people were willing to do the things my dad had done for him. She asked him why he couldn't use this fund as an initial capital and begin his business and strive to make it successful so that he could afford to move into that bigger space after the two-year lease was up. He got upset and called his mother with whom relations had improved significantly with over the years, and she tore my dad a new one. She screamed in our native language about how, after the stress he must have been under by not getting into the university, the least you can do is make sure this dream of his is nurtured fully. Why are you being an Akanchi, which means stingy in my language? You have the money, so just do as he asks in the way that he asks. If you died today, would they bury you with your money? You're not setting a good example as his uncle. God forbid. My father did not respond and promptly ended the call. Later on, his dad, my father's brother, called him and I don't know what was said, but after that, he came and picked up the check where he'd previously dropped it and muttered a half-hearted thank you before leaving. My dad also received a call from his brother apologizing for his behavior. Fast forward two years and this was now 2016. I was 18 or 19 and my immediate younger sister, 12 year old female, was now in secondary school and my other siblings were also in primary school. So the financial burden on my dad was quite a lot during this time. So we called Chris and had a talk with him. This was sometime in October and my dad said that since Chris's business was going well, that perhaps it was time for him to move out from our home, maybe by the new year, so that the financial constraints could be alleviated a bit. Now mind you, Chris had lived with us for 18 years since I was barely a year old, and he was 11 or 12 years old, and now I was 18 or 19 years old, so he was about 29 or 30 years old now. He never paid rent for one day, or paid for utilities. My dad always did. He never bought his own food or groceries either, My dad did that too for almost the two decades that he lived with us. When my dad asked him to move out, he said nothing and, like before, called his mother. I have no idea what was said, but she called my dad in a fury that evening screaming her head off about how my dad has never really cared about her son's success and brought up the $12,000 incident from a few years earlier. She said something along the lines of, you want him to leave your house while your wife's sister is still living with you. 
This is how little you care about your brother and his family. My son doesn't need you or your charity. My God will help him to survive with or without you, and so on. The wife's sister she's referring to was a young niece of my mom's, who had lost her parents due to militant actions in one of our cities, and she was barely 15 at that time. After that call, he packed his things and was gone in a few weeks. This was in 2016 and I haven't seen or heard from him since then. They view my dad as a bad person for not giving him the amount of money he wanted and for asking him, a 30-year-old man with a thriving business, to move out. This is nothing in the grand scheme of things. There are more cases of entitlement in my family and it's really baffling. I don't know if they're thinking that this complaining is going to further increase their chances of getting more money or if they just don't understand or can't fathom anything here but at least like it seems once they get their air out they at least go into some kind of cool down hideout period where they stop talking like really did they expect to call op's father and say oh you never cared give us the twelve thousand dollars blah 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 and for them to just hand it over just goes to show that not only are they entitled but they expect the abusive environment they create to be so off-putting to the people they're abusing that they end up getting whatever they want from that person. But it doesn't work like that over somebody you have no control over. Our next story is, an entitled Karen claimed 10 seats for her friends and family in a stadium full of people plus two bonuses. I wasn't there to witness the first one, but I did witness the other two. My sister had a gymnastics performance today. It was set to begin at 7 o'clock. My mom and my grandma got there at 6.30. One half of the stand was filled with people. However, the other was taken by things like bags, shoes, etc. that others had put there to keep them for friends or family, so nobody else could sit there. Mom noticed this and she yelled, Are all those seats taken? To which no one answered. She then found another mom and she commented on how ridiculous the situation was. Now Miss Karen heard her and she told her, I've been here since 5.30 to claim these seats. To which Grandma said, People only claim seats in cemeteries. Karen kept going on and on and on. At some point, mom got pissed and told her, The performance starts at 7. If your guests don't arrive at 7, we're sitting here. Karen was like, Oh really? Well, let's see. Mom and grandma sat on the stairs because there was nowhere else to sit on. Then, Karen's friend appears. She tries to go up the stairs, but she can't because it's blocked by my mom and grandma. Excuse me, she said. I need to go through. Go where? asked mom. There, she said, pointing towards Karen. We won't be making way for you to go through, Mom responded. Your friend claimed all these seats and we have nowhere to sit on, so you can climb yourself up there. The rest of Karen's friends showed up before 7. One woman heard the commotion and gave them two of her seats. Bonus 1. I arrive at the stadium and I somehow find a seat next to a grandpa who wasn't too pleased that I sat next to him. Behind me was an old woman who was wearing a purse. After a while, she got up to film one of the performances. I'm a tall girl, 1.83 meters, so her purse would continually poke my head. Not only that, when she turned was the problem. She turned left, her purse would go POW on my head. She turned right, POW again. I turned to her numerous times. I didn't say anything, which I regret now, but how can someone be so clueless about their surroundings? Bonus 2, there was a self-service buffet at the end. It had just opened and me and my grandma wanted to get some food. We were right next to it, but by the time we got to the desserts, people were already in front of us. We were waiting patiently when Grandma found some space to squeeze through. I was behind her. 
A woman then shoved my grandma back. She had this expression on her face, the look that said, this is my food and you are not touching it. We did get food eventually, so yeah, there's tales from my quite eventful day. Thank you for reading. Also, my sister and her teammates absolutely slayed during their performance. Just based off of the people that attended this place, you would think that you would hear a story about how some of these parents would be yelling for their kids to sabotage and tackle the other kids so they could be standout performance artists here. I mean, at least one thing here seemed to go alright, which was the actual performance. Our next story is, Entitled Mother and Son Request for $29,000 from My Dad. Entitlement Galore Part 2 So, I reposted one of my older stories yesterday. This is a continuation of that. For this story, there are three main people to consider. The Entitled Mother, who I'll call EM, her Entitled Son, and my Dad. As stated in my previous post, my Dad, 64-year-old male, went through a really difficult financial crisis a few years ago, beginning in 2016. He had invested heavily in the real estate market, and at that time, the market was doing horribly, so it did affect his finances to a great extent. Let me introduce Entitled Mother and Entitled Son. Entitled Mother is my dad's cousin and in her 60s. She had six children with her late husband, all within the range of late 20s to early 50s. Her son, whom the story revolves around, is in his early 40s right now. In 2009, Entitled Son lived in the village with Entitled Mother, where he ran a fairly successful pineapple farm business. And then there were allegations levied against him by the family of the deceased that he had killed their relative. The police were involved, and they found no incriminating evidence. So, like most things in my country, the case went unsolved. However, the deceased's family were angry and sought to take justice into their hands. They planned to have him killed and this frightened Entitled Mother. She called my dad one day in 2009 and told him what was going on and begged him to please let Entitled Son stay living with us in the city far away from the village because she feared that if he remained in the village that he was going to be killed. My dad, not wanting to see her lose her child, agreed to help him. And so- Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. 
Entitled son arrived at our home in early 2009. He was in his early 30s at that point. Upon arriving, he got a job at a bar and grill fast food restaurant where he worked at for about a year or two before my dad helped him get a decent job at an insurance firm. He had an entire room and bathroom all to himself and never paid rent or utilities. He never paid for his own food or bought his own groceries. Whenever an appliance broke at home, my dad would replace it and Entitled Son would take the broken one. From flat screen TVs, refrigerators, bed and mattress, etc., my dad let him take them all. He had them fixed and gave them to his sisters who had just moved to our city. My dad took care of him and his needs as though he was his own child. My mom wasn't exactly thrilled about him moving in with us in the beginning because it was so sudden, but given the life and death nature of the situation, she accepted it. When my dad retired a few years later and got his gratuity, he assisted most of our extended family financially. And in that spirit, he gave the entitled son a check for what amounts to roughly $6,000 to help him out. And he was really thankful about it because he'd never been gifted such an amount of money before and he didn't think people were that generous. We lived in relative bliss until 2016 when my dad's financial issues began. Around that period of time, we did struggle a lot. Most days, there was no food at home and, to his credit, Entitled Son used a part of his savings to assist the family back then, but it was never free. However, it didn't really matter because in that moment, without that assistance, we'd probably have starved. He'd buy food items and groceries and also lend my dad some money. All these expenses were always repaid every few weeks when my dad received some money because the assistance received from Entitled Son were loans, and you always pay your debts. And secondly, because my dad didn't expect Entitled Son, who was also struggling and figuring things out too, to cater for the family. Things generally continued this way until 2018, when there was a resurgence in the real estate market in my country. My dad was finally able to sell both properties each for around low six figures. That influx of cash pushed us out of the red into a more comfortable position. After the sale, my dad's first major purchase was a car because we'd sold both of our cars during those difficult years. There weren't a lot of people who came to our aid during that period, so as a way to show gratitude, my dad gave the Entitled Son a check for about five dollars to $6,000. Now this is where the entitlement began. Entitled Son knew how much both properties sold for, so shortly after my dad bought the car, Entitled Son came to him with an itemized list informing my dad that he had decided to go back to the agricultural sector. He wanted to start another pineapple farm, but not just pineapples, but he also wanted to grow oranges as well. As a male child, he had inherited some plots of land in the village after his father died. He planned on using that land for the business. By this time, it had been almost a decade since he fled from the village, and most of the pressure and threats had died down, so he felt safe returning. And besides, he wasn't actually going to be living there, seeing as he still had his job in the city. He simply wanted to set it up and have his mother run it for him. He had already discussed his plans with his mother and she was excited about the idea. And then he handed my dad a list of everything needed to pull this off. And he needed an initial capital of what amounts to roughly $29,400 for my dad to begin. My dad was stunned. He asked him if he realized just how much he was asking for. My dad said that even if he had saved up a fraction of that money by himself, then maybe he'd have been willing to see what he could do. But he expected my dad to pay for everything. 
which was an okay considering that all four of my younger siblings were in boarding school which was kind of expensive and he was also making college plans for them as well so he wasn't in a position where he could just give out almost thirty thousand dollars just like that this annoyed the entitled son so he asked my dad to loan him the money instead But again, my dad refused to do that because there was no guarantee that he could make back that money in a year from a startup business. My dad offered him 10%, $3,000 of what he asked for for free to try and help him, but that wasn't good enough for him. I can't forget the statement he made when my dad said no, nor can I forget his tone. He said, so you won't give me this money? Okay, no problem. And then he stormed out. He didn't care about my dad's reasons or my siblings' well-being. All he cared about was himself. This was on a Tuesday, mind you. On Saturday, his mother came to our house unannounced from the village. Neither her or Entitled Son had informed my parents that she was coming. The things she said that day, she unleashed every ounce of resentment she had for him. Prior to this, he had always looked upon her as the sister he never had and treated her as such. We had just had lunch that afternoon when Entitled Son went to pick her up from wherever she got dropped. She went on a tirade. She began telling him that what he was doing was wrong. It's been a few years, but I'll try to recall her words to the best of my ability. How can you treat Entitled Son this way? Is this fair? You sold the properties for hundreds of thousands of dollars, converted from local currency. So what is 29000 You've forgotten how Entitled Son supported you when you were struggling? You've forgotten how he spent his salary on you and your children every month, and now you can't even help him with this small thing, even though you have the money? She said all this in front of my dad, mom, me, entitled son, and my young siblings. My mom sent my siblings to their rooms because it was no atmosphere for children. I can't remember everything she said, but I do remember this part. You've also forgotten about the numerous times when I used to bathe and clean your mother, My grandmother had dementia during the latter years of her life, and unlike in western countries, the concept of housing for senior citizens isn't very popular here, so instead, the family usually takes care of their own. My dad viewed her as his sister, so he asked her to please look after my grandmother for him, since he was in the city and she and my grandmother were both in the village. My dad visited every month and ensured that they weren't lacking for anything. He gave her monetary gifts or food items, etc. as a way to say thank you. So while she was in fact helping him, my dad did show constant financial appreciation until my grandmother passed. Through her tirade, my dad said nothing. He is extremely quiet and hates conflict, but my mom is the exact opposite. She doesn't take BS from anyone. When she brought up my late grandmother, my mom raised her voice and began to chastise her about her behavior and began pointing out every single detail of the extent my dad had gone to to help Entitled Son. Do you think your son would be alive today had my husband not agreed to let him move in with us? She said this while pointing at Entitled Son. Weren't they after his head after the allegations made against him? How many people have given you $6,000 not once but twice free of charge? How many people would open their home to someone who is suspected of murder? But my husband did it because he loves and values his family above almost anything. Yes, Entitled Son helped us out when things were really bad and I'm thankful, but he was always repaid in full. Do you not care about him training his own children? If he gives you that money, do you not see how that would disrupt the plans he's made for his own kids? How can you both be this selfish? How dare you come into our home and raise your voice 
at the man who has protected, fed, and housed your son for a decade. How dare you bring up his late mother into this? When you took care of her, did you receive nothing in return? He never provided for you financially or looked after you while housing and taking care of your son as well? This shut Entitled Mother up. So much more was said, which I can't remember, before my mom asked Entitled Mother to leave. To show you just how little shame he had, Entitled Son continued to live with us for a few months before eventually moving out. My dad refused to ask him to leave because he knew Entitled Son was already making plans to leave. When all this went down, Entitled Son was in his late 30s, so he was old enough to know better. To this day, my dad never lets any member of my extended family visit. He often wonders where exactly he went wrong or what heinous crime he committed against them, and it always upsets me whenever he talks about these events because of just how much pain it still causes him to this day. It goes without saying that OP's dad is one pretty amazing person. It's sad to see that somebody like this, who gives and gives and gives and only cares, is constantly trying to be taken advantage of. At least they're not a pushover. Because I do think you see a lot of times these people who care and give also are capable of getting pressured into or kind of bullied or toyed with emotionally into giving up even more than they have to. I love that this guy cares and is giving but is also very rational about the way they do things. Our next story is, please help, do I move or do I listen to the doubt my parents planted? I, 21 year old female, recently moved back in with my parents after moving out at 18. I'm currently working two jobs to go back to university, but when I first moved in with them, I struggled to find work, which I was criticized in every conversation we had for. Since moving back in, there's been a lot of arguing as one of my parents suffer from OCD and reacts badly to anything in the house being out of place. These fights and other petty arguments worsened, and one of them made me pack up my room, in suitcases, boxes, etc., and I'm now sleeping on the couch and living out of a suitcase in my living room. They followed through on their promise to throw out anything I didn't pack. I got home from work, and 50% of my toiletries and beauty products are gone when I came back in from work. The next day, that parent was very emotional and apologized for the fact that their behavior when I was growing up, drug use, partying, neglect, made me into such a terrible person. I do admit, I have stolen some of their wine since moving back home, which is very crap. Honestly, since moving back home, it reminded me of how depressed and terrible I felt as a kid. I just am starting to doubt if moving to a more affordable city to attend university is the right move for me now. I was pretty isolated during COVID, and living overseas and the friendships I've been building make me happy. I'm also not financially super comfortable. They tell me I'm escaping my problems wanting to move. I did leave the country for almost two years and I've lost a lot of my own self-confidence and have a new doubt about myself. On the other hand, the pettiness of making me sleep on the couch, plus feeling pretty dehumanized by no longer having my own space, has lit a fire within me. I moved out the first time to accommodate my older sibling who just left a rehab and mental facility and couldn't live alone, so I guess I'm bitter about that too. It's very common where I live for children to stay with parents till 25 or so, and they asked for me to stay with them when I got back. Do I struggle and move out while finishing my schooling whilst adding a big financial investment burden of paying for rent? Or do you guys think that it would be more helpful for my mental state? I feel like I'm being overdramatic. I think OP's definitely having way too much self-doubt going on here. OP's almost on the defensive trying to defend their position as if like nobody would believe them. 
or even remotely be on their side. I always tend to, in situations like these, leaning towards if you can move out and support yourself, it's probably for the best. I mean, a lot of people who are feeling the way OP does, when they do move out and they get that sense of living on their own, not having to worry about other people being around, I think they learn to thrive in that environment. Our next story is not responding back to entitled aunt after birthday text and anxious over a certain to come explosion. So my birthday is around the corner and I got a text from my aunt asking me for my address. I move around for work. I didn't respond to it. My aunt is abusive and entitled with most of our family drama stemming from her. I usually just grin and bear it but this past year her selfishness and entitlement has reached a new level. I put up a lot of what she did to me but what she did to my mom and sister was the last straw. She dogged out my sister and her kids. Then when my sister passed, she made a scene at the funeral. Then afterwards, she kept spinning stories about why she did and said those things to my sister, making her seem like the bad person with unruly, out-of-control kids. Then she was horrible to my mother. Too much going on that I can't list them all in this post without it turning into a short novel. But I've been stressed out since the text. I'm honestly anxious about what's to come and I also feel bad. I hate being rude and I hate confrontation. It feels like I'm doing something wrong. And I don't want to create more chaos, but I also don't want to condone this kind of behavior. Honestly, in this kind of a situation, if I were OP, I would either grey rock them or straight up just kind of ghost them or be very sluggish in responding. I just would not be able to tolerate that kind of behavior. But in that situation, I'm not going to confront them or agitate them if I can help it. I guess I would just like to try to slowly wind down any communication with them. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now if you want to hear another absolutely crazy entitled parent story, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right. That said, I'll see you all next time with some more stories. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.